Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. Today's episode is about using chaos monkeys in real life. And practically, this happens all the time when we have failures. And the causative uh, part of the discussion was the Rogers failure that took out internet and cell phone for a significant part of Canada last week. Uh, but the idea that we are not well prepared for outages, that we can't actually predict how things are going to go out, is a common theme for chaos monkeys. And really comes back into how we start thinking about how do we really test infrastructure? And should we be putting it under stress in planned ways, a chaos monkey, in order to assure that our increasingly internet and power dependent society is prepared for the inevitable outages? We have a really fascinating discussion about this, how it happens and what it would take to make this type of practice real, including alternatives that people can look at today. I know you will enjoy the conversation. I copied you on a tweet, Rob, because of the Rogers outage, which I've been, you know, so oh, yeah. annoyed with. Um, there's your next customer. <laughs> no, Rogers? seriously. Oh my because, goodness, yeah. Because I, we were down, I was down for 24 hours. And the, literally the only saving grace I had was, you know, provider is a different company. So I tethered and hotspotted and did whatever. But when you're talking about outages that now the federal government, the minister responsible for this kind of stuff, has now said all three major Canadian carriers, Bell, Rogers and TELUS, must they have an informal agreement for certain things must now under a legislative priority have um, backup and restore capability and switch from one carrier to another. If there's a major outage again, Rogers has now been down twice in the exact same way, maintenance software, which is why I copied you on the tweet of uh, April 21st, 2021, or April 22nd, 2021, and then last Friday. But it took out emergency services, 911, police and fire, hospitals were down, money oh was not God. transacted. You couldn't get money out of an ATM. You couldn't go to a gas station or anywhere where Interact is used. The only thing that they could process, and it was hit or miss, with certain types of credit cards, which are on a different network than Interact. Wow. They have, they have much, different rails, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're much uh, better at sending cash to each other in terms of payment, like using it for merchants, than credit cards, because we, we see the interest rates being so high, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a nightmare. And I keep asking the question. I asked it of Rogers. I asked it of Bell. I asked it of Telus. Where the hell is your backup and restore? Like, where's your disaster recovery? And how could this possibly have happened? Have you never heard of those three little letters that someone I know is in a business of? <laughs> you're not getting. You're not going to get any answers. They seem like they're being very opaque. Well, the CEO is now being requested to testify. Uh, before a committee wow. 
And there's two large class action lawsuits that have been filed against Rogers, in addition to the federal government stepping in, one on the consumer side and the other on businesses, because billions of dollars were lost. Yeah. I mean, if you drove, I, I literally had to go probably 20 kilometers away to be able to find a gas station that would actually A, accept cash, and B, was open. Wow. And I was running on fumes. And the worst part for me being, I stupidly took my son's car because he blocks me in. And I said, oh, I'm not going to play musical cars today. I'm just going to take his car. <laughs> and his gas gauge on his old beater oh, no. basically said, it went from, you have 32 kilometers to, I can't tell you how many kilometers you have left. Oh, and no. I'm driving down the street in this old junky car, which I don't normally drive. And um, um, I could like in my brain, I'm ticking off. It's another half a kilometer. It's another quarter of a kilometer. <laughs> oh my God, am I going to make oh, it? I've been there. Oh, and, it's so bad. Oh, so frightening. And yeah. it, it was. And, and I, I literally was in the middle of nowhere because north of where I am, that 20 kilometers, there's so much green belt in this area that um, there's kind of like little um, northern suburbs that have been built, but not connected between each other. So you go oh. for long stretches of highway and you're like in this like really dense forest. And I'm really like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I had no cell service at that point. I had no <laughs> all I had was my few bucks that I keep in yeah. emergency. And, money. And, and the emergency services has is out as well. So they're they're flying blind. They're, they're not even. Yeah. Wow. You know, it was it, horrible. It's an interesting I, I have a bizarre. um thought on this because it's we've become so dependent on the internet it almost feels to me as if we should be having planned outages on a regular basis to actually resolve these things um I, I, I can't imagine us ever doing it but it would make a ton of sense to be like every every um I, yeah, I think we ought a day to have, every year they should be down. Well, either that or um, even better, Rob, let's institute an executive, you know, um, office, an administrative office called Chaos Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Chaos Monkey can, you know, roll the dice and pull the plug. And, you know, I, you, you know, it, you can't. When I it, post, it, is, it would be much better than than the, the 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 unplanned chaos monkeys to be able to say, hey, you know what? We need we need the major provider. We you know you're doing a drill, and we want you to be down for an hour, but we want you to stand by to be able to come back faster if things are really bad. Um, yeah. Well, no, I, here's. He, when I when I put up a post and I did it via my phone uh, on LinkedIn, just a short one, I basically said either they nationalize this 
because I mean, we're only three carriers, right? There's smaller ones, but they're basically offshoots of the larger ones. So they're using the the larger ones infrastructure. Right, right. right. Either turn them into uh, a crown corporation, which we used to have a lot of, um, where it's it's under the federal government authority, or give some teeth to the CRTC, which is our version of uh, the FCC, and make it so that by law, they would automatically use an eSIM switch or, or some other switching network to do that failover and redundancy and let them practice doing it on a regular basis. I mean, if I told you how much my cell phone, my, my data costs on my cell, you'd kind of go, OMG. I mean, that's a hundred bucks a month just for that. Mm-hmm. Internet alone is another hundred. And it's not the, the be all and the end all. It's close, but it's it's not a T3 or a T1. That being said, yeah. there has to be a way. No, because I mean, there. I came in my little journey to, to finish up the story of getting gas. On my way back, I literally passed people on the side of the road with their hoods up going like, I can't get CAA, I can't get a tow, and I've run out of gas, and there's no gas in the local station either, because with the internet down, deliveries were not being made, pumps couldn't run. I mean, it was a nightmare. Uh, You couldn't even go into a grocery store. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, It's even even worse than no power, right? They they probably have better contingencies right now for no power than you for... Yeah, this this is what we're we're in a really interesting moment because I I don't think we've 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 turned into a society that depends on Internet connectivity without doing it like we've done for utilities um, with all the backups and redundancies. Like I like my house, I don't I don't have any AT&T is out for us. I don't have any way to hook up a cell network to house systems. Um, and we're quickly getting to a point where I don't know, I don't know how those things would perform. Well, it's, in, have you ever heard of a company called IC? E-Y-S-E-E. Um, they do dynamic network uh, routing and switching off of an okay. eSIM. Okay. Very interesting stuff. And like I said, I mean, for me, my my cell is on a different provider. But Rogers, when they went down, it wasn't just internet; it was cell service, home phone, the whole they nine really yards. Did it. Wow! All because of a quote unquote maintenance error. Come on, this was either the hack of all hacks, or people don't know what they're doing. I- I mean, I, I, we see this using cascading the, failures a lot. The usual law, you know, it's, it's you know, 90, 98% chance that it was incompetence as opposed to, you know, somebody's intentional um, no. work to deny service. Well, to take the whole my, country out in one shot. That's, yeah. I mean, we saw that with what, when Facebook had their... Right. It's it. These are cascading system failures that they just don't aren't aware that are cascading systems. Right. Facebook, you know, what I think this has been roundly enough done confirmed that it's we know that they, you know, they 
their systems went down in a way that they couldn't actually log back into the systems to bring things back up. And they had to literally cut into their cage. Um, what? Which it's, we're not, we don't have like, back to your chaos monkey. We're not, we're not really, you know, spending the time to test some of these, these outages. Oh, but it's, well, that, that's certainly true. Um, but well, what happened to Twitter this morning? Oh, was there a Twitter outage? Yeah. Lovely. From about seven till nine in my end of the world, but I think it might have been longer or shorter in other parts of the world. I completely missed that. Wow. Of course, I, Twitter wouldn't have told me, but so that was. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. This whole notion of, of what gets defined as national infrastructure is very important. And yes, electric power, roadways, bridges, um, medical facilities, things like this that without their being available, at, at least you know, in a limping along availability is, you know, disastrous. I think you're absolutely right. And it's it's interesting here in the States that while CISA was established as the, you know, infrastructure and security, that's in the name, it's almost in there and there it seems like their entire attention is focused on cybersecurity, which fine hallelujah i'm glad they're doing that but it leaves a lot of other things unattended and this is the kind of thing that you know should never happen no well i mean i can't imagine how you would work it in the U.S. of getting hundreds of carriers and MNOs to all agree that they would back over, you know, like um, uh, fail over between one and another on roaming or on something else, some way to, to give people connectivity. Here, I think the only advantage of nationalization would be it, it might actually be to consumers' advantage because the government would not keep the prices the same, right? They would drop the prices. We have literally the highest sell rate around the world. Um, so I think it would benefit consumers. And, you know, the prime minister has been talking about dropping that price 25% for a year now, and we haven't seen it happen. But if they were to nationalize it, then it becomes part of the Canadian infrastructure and supports the digital charter and all the other kind of stuff. How what, they would go about doing that? History, what is the history of the Crown Corporations, which still oh. exist that are infrastructure related, Joanne? Um, inf okay, so I believe all the hydro facilities, water dams, things like that, that generate hydroelectricity, even in Quebec, in Shawinigan Falls, um, are under a crown corporation. 
So that means that any legislation relating to clean, you know, um, water purification, hydroelectricity, stuff like that would fall under Crown Corporation. Mm -hmm. Um, Federal lands are still under Crown Corporation. Um, And I believe uh, fisheries, you know, like there's a long list of natural resources and other things that are still Crown. The bank, uh, the Bank of Canada is still a crown corporation. Canada Post is still a crown corporation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And there are, adva- uh, there are advantages and disadvantages. Right now, I'm pretty angry with our Bank of Canada because they upped the ante one full hundred points yesterday. And they did 50 points two weeks ago. Uh, like, our, like our Fed is doing. Yeah. So I just got the renewal for my mortgage and holy bleep. Yeah. Point a point and a half makes a big difference. Mm. Well, especially especially here because it's usually a multiple. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Once the chartered banks, yeah. Then you have the markup of the chartered banks, but also we have a stress test here, which you guys don't have, which Uh, is. No, we do have stress tests. We do have it now. Do you? Oh, okay. Yeah. So what what is the level of your stress test? Um, How many it, percentage points? I I think they they actually have a whole set of they have a suite of stress tests that individual banks have to go through. I don't remember how regularly they have to have to take that on, but every chartered every chartered financial institution has to go through some level of stress test and the bigger ones obviously have uh, a couple of other kind of extra goodies that they have to go through but yeah it's and actually some of the banks can do can actually um, invite a stress test. Uh, the board can add, can um, the boards of these banks can actually invite um, the ske- or schedule a a stress test under this under the under the way things work here. I don't think it all happens uniformly at one point in time across all of the bank industry. No, this, what I was, sorry, different terminology, I guess. We have a consumer stress test for getting mortgages. So not only do you have to have 20 or more percent down, you also, when they do your rates, they add up, uh, they up, um, sorry, they up level Mm -hmm. So that if um, in the event that you uh, had financial pressure or whatever, you should be able to carry at least two percentage points more in monthly fee than what your mortgage is. So if you go to qualify for a mortgage and the rate is 5%, they're going to stress test you at 7%. No, I that I, you're you're talking. I'm sorry. I we're we yeah. flew by one another. Um, I waved. 
<laughs> okay. Hey, we we I mean I think we're better than we were in the 2008 collapse where they were literally, you know, giving out mortgages to anybody with a heartbeat on the yeah. expectation they would fail. Yeah. Um but um so I, I know that they've they've gotten more the bank stress tests and rules have prevented make it harder for them for to them to do them. Them. yeah that's the dodges like just to get back to the the infrastructure sure issue and and kind of resilience and and infrastructure what do you think would constitute the bare minimum set of hoops that have, would have to be set for the kind of tests we were just talking about. I mean, obviously you've got mobile. The for, mobile for, infra, for, infra, for, for internet connectivity. Yeah. Yes. Like to actually do it as a stress test or what would be a practice? Like what, what the real infrastructure should be? What are the... No, I'm, what the actual stress tests are, no. I'm talking about what would be the big, what would big be the moral equivalent of um, business continuity, failovers, the, the things that would have to be put in place bare minimum such that you didn't have a total failure. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting, I, I have an answer to start us on, with on that one. Um, Go ahead. But it's it's I, it makes me nervous and layered. So as a minimum, well, because here here's the deal, right? You're going to have your primary connection, and you're going to have a high bandwidth connection. And I think this is true of business or of home. Um, and you need to have a backup that is, and it's unlikely for that backup to be another hardline backup. So I would expect that the backup would be a 5G or some wireless carrier mm -hmm. embedded in the device, which I think that that starts to need to become the back, the, the minimum that that we would look at. There's a huge but in this in that you can't do that reliably without real QoS in that in that network. So if you're going to switch over, especially because if it's an outage, you're going to have people everywhere switching over and the wireless they, network would be yeah. saturated. And basically you have to have a means by which to, to basically um, filter out or block certain kinds, certain classes of, of traffic. All, all of you all your watch. videos and right. All right. All the big chatty services, right. You know, you're what I'm, I'm thinking about, like uh, we put simply safe in the new house and it has you know video. And so that video system is self-sufficient, but sends out video for analysis. And that should needs to drop off if it switches to the cell system. Right. Um, which I think Simply Safe has a built-in backup cell infrastructure. Um, and that's not a particularly good answer either. <laughs> have all these devices also have their own CDMA cards in them to do their own internet. Good. But this is why I asked you if you were familiar with um, SI, because um, they do this dynamic switching. They have 190 networks that they can do it with, and wow. it's not a carved in stone switch off once and, you know, you're done. You can uh, switch between multiple times and not get locked in. 
And to me, part of the answer is at the ASN number and the assignments of those, there should be some dedicated set of numbers, whether it's, you know, grab them from IBM or one of the other big, you know, um, behemoths that got the original ones, take those, hard assign them in, in firmware and in hardware and let them just sit idle 90% of the time, but let those be the backup and failover for any network carrier that's, that has an outage. Use it as you need. It's basically a, it's basically a, a, a backup. It's a backing, backing service. What is the name of the, of the company? Or the the technology? Uh, it's eSIM is the technology, and the company is SI. E S. Hang on, let me look it up. Oh, yeah, I, I I've written it. down E Y S C E, but no. Yeah, I'm pretty it. sure that's it. E Y? No. It's, hang on. That's something else. <laughs> it's E S E Y E. Oh, yes. I sign. Ah. Got it. It's a UK company. Yep. IoT cellular connectivities. Miss. Boy, I really wrote that down wrong. <laughs> They're mostly uh, British guys. And they've done remarkably well. They make their own chips. They make every device. They scale to the hundreds of thousands or more of devices, they rapidly change. And to to me, this is the future of what, you know, like a model for this notion of failover and redundancy, whether it's on cellular, on internet, on internet connected cell. And I think part, some of the architecture, architectural ideas for the way this company has been set up and why it's doing so well, comes from the original notion of telephony and PBX and PSITs. And to me, it makes a lot of sense. And I don't understand, like, I mean, I know when I go to Europe, if if I don't take my European phone, hint, hint, or if I go to the US and don't take my US phone, Intent. I have triple SIM in this so that I can change out the SIMs and put in two for international. But I also have Vonage, which is my my um, VoIP, which allows me to use my cell as well. But when the rubber hits the road, ISI is or SI is the only company that I've found for IIoT or IoT that actually doesn't lock you in the minute you change once. Right. Um, And to me, by the way, just to finish the thought, Rob, mm -hmm. IAC with this, that's a killer app. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because then you're actually, and this is what's so fun about us adding orchestration, so, so here's is well and but when we or choreography I, that's maybe that is not like that um is that we can actually define an, an edge site or an, an i you know an, an iot infrastructure edge infrastructure 
including day two operations, events, alarms, alerts. If do if you see this, do that. Right. We we finally have the ability to describe the entire site operationally mm-hmm. um, as code and version it. Um, and so that's um, that that's the right because now we can start saying, all right, you have a small site, but we've completely defined all the behaviors. I can dev process those behaviors and then give you that site as a prescriptive unit. Um, right. And that's that's transformative. It's funny we added this alarm. Small aside, we're adding in this coming out in the next release. Um, we can build alarms in now, and so you can trigger things and then generate alarms, which is super. And then if you have an alarm, you can then trigger off that alarm and send the alarm to someplace else. And that adding that that one feature as a as a buffer from a man, operations management perspective is was much bigger impact than I expected. Cause now you're like, Oh, okay. Something happened. I can, I can create an alarm, let somebody see that, that it happened and then take action to drain alarms or acknowledge alarms or do, and I, all that can be automated. Well, the minute those alarm go, go, goes out, I would assume that could trigger or the trick. No, let me, let me, let me rearrange my words. The trigger that the event that tr- that causes the trigger of the alarm could also be could be a security breach question mark. It could yes. All right. Well, this is this is what's neat about it is it could be any number of items um, right. in but, it. But, but see, in security security breach is a good is a really good example, and and it could be or an outage which might be actually related. And so that what I've seen um, in conversations with other edge people is that they will get, um, they'll be like, oh yeah, well, when something like that happens, I send an alert out. And I'm like, well, what happens if it's coupled with an outage? They're like, I guess it would get queued and sent later or it might get lost because it's out. The alarms actually allow you to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna queue up my, anyway, I have the alarms, they're part of my local system. And then you could drain them and send them. So you could decouple the forwarding of the alarms and the right into the system. Now, if the system's compromised system, you know, you have to be careful. But if it's a perimeter system and you're like, okay, I have an internet outage and my door was was breached, or I have a machine that's, that's being breached, you're going to generate and keep that alarm information and queue it up. And then as soon as you're back online, take those actions and see the observable logs. Yeah, the reason that I asked whether security could be triggered is because I don't know if you're following this part of the the industry, but on the IoT and IIoT side, uh, manufacturing is the top of the list now for security breaches in Industry 4 or digital transformation. In fact, Icefall lists... 56 different vulnerabilities that are occurring to um, manufacturers, meaning it's either in the OS, in the firmware, in the control system, the control plane, but not necessarily in the data. And where I'm seeing a gap, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is because let's assume that you use IAC Right. Uh, for 
IIoT infrastructure. And in machine-to-machine communication, you then had an issue of breach. Could you use the eSIM technology that's actually giving you that connectivity for those machines to immediately flip to a different network to prevent a further hack? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, that's really cool. Because Uh that gets you way farther down the road in Mm -hmm. aerospace and defense, government, um, gee, I don't know, uh, health systems, blah, 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 blah. This is what, what what we've seen is the missing piece because all the systems I've seen haven't had, until we started adding it, right? Haven't had the ability to say, okay, I tripped an alarm. I tripped, a, I tripped something. I detected a problem. How do you, how do you build an immutable, right, a prescriptive operation at the site level, but build it in code, composably at the development level, that you would then say, all right, I know how to, I can build. I know, a how, to deal, I know how to deal with it. Yeah. Right. Well, and then you, and, not only and then that, you can distribute that. Right. And not only that, but because you have so many different kinds of um, manufacturing machinery on the shop floor, depending on the industry, and it could vary. um, I can tell you that you can go to Alentia in Italy, (coughs) which has more than 5,000 of the configurations of shop floor equipment. That's what they do for a living. They built that library. Gosh. Right. So oh, you so can actually, actually can, track it. Yeah. You can trap, track, and trace. You can not, not necessarily use a blockchain, but you could. But you could actually uh, penetrate with, or rather, disrupt RPA and do it in a way that's secure, robust, and puts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you mean? By I, that? I'm not. I brought you. you swing. Okay. Go ahead, Rich. Ask I'm your playing question. Playing. I, I didn't understand the disrupt RPA. Well, I, I got remote I process on automation. I think I got it. Yeah, you can disrupt you remote process automation because remote process automation is oh. simply, you know, the the dead tasks that nobody wants to do. Yeah. Right. But if you did it with IAC, I've been thinking about this a lot because I look at factories and I go, why are they struggling with machine to machine? Why don't we just do this by code without necessarily having to integrate or ETL rather better way to put it. ETL is a dead technology. Why are we still doing it? Why can't we make this just immediate connection. And if we can do it on eSIM and we can do it in IAC for the actual uh, firmware or operating systems for those machines, and we can do it one level above that because I have another, you know, put this partner together with that as well. um, You actually could take away a lot of the burden that falls to OT in manufacturing. Yeah. And yes. that would be goodness. This is this is the, the thing you were describing, the thing that I'm trying to make more clear, which is that infrastructure as code provides a way to distribute these operational practices that would offload them from OT. 
right, finally off. off well, um, and not only that, it <laughs> makes for the, the possibility of um, disconnected or partially connected continued operation. And that's, yes. that was the, that was the point of my original request and question. So you, you, you've done us all a service here. Um, <laughs> I, I put something into the, the chat, another, uh, yep. another organization that's um, possibly of interest. Yes. Another easy. I'm talking to them now. I know them pretty well. Teal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I That's think cool. I think you will definitely find we can have a deep discussion on the differences between teal and SI and who does what better. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I I was sorry that I I couldn't, but I was um, I was talking to them about uh, actually going on and being part of their advisory group. So, I'm. Yeah. I want them as a client. Well, I'm in the process of of doing that with I with SI, but I want them as a client. And Rob, to I your know, point, of I, I, I know to, Rob. I know Rob pretty well. Well, make a phone call then, please, Rob. Hey, Rich. <laughs> make me rich with Rob. Too many Robs <laughs> in the mix in those. Now, now that I have now that I have this new mortgage that I got to deal with, holy crap. Uh, that being said, yeah. it um, I I would be very interested to see something else to what you were talking about, Rob, of of trying to put this together, because yeah. you know my my famous little notum idea. I think that one of the one of the other things that came out of this Rogers debacle is the national span of bringing down the entire country, why the hell is this not decentralized in some way that you could have one city go down, but not necessarily have every city? I mean, don't forget, we're 37 million people. I realize that's very small in comparison to the 300 and however many there are in your in your world. But that doesn't mean that we can operate without so I, I would like to see agree. some way of, you know, can can you sort of loop a metro a metropolitan area to have a separate failover or a separate redundancy than another city? Like because the extra traffic of the entire country going to a you know a new network provider could overwhelm them with their own. You get the cascading failure. Yeah. Why, it's why Rich's Chaos Monkeys idea is so relevant to this because um, you don't know until it's until it's. Rich, done. are you going to um, NFT Chaos Monkeys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm going to. NFT I'm is the but, trigger word where where, where, where the, the call has to end. Give me a good. <laughs> You give me a great laugh this morning about that one. Okay. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. And I push yeah. content moderation back two weeks. We'll talk about that okay. in the future. Oh, bye. Wow. This is a classic case of Cloud 2030 starting on um, a topic of the day and getting into really 
fundamental ways in which we can build more resilient, robust infrastructure if we can figure out the ways to actually be willing to pay for that type of robust, resilient infrastructure. Always a challenging topic uh, and approach with the Cloud 2030 group. And I would appreciate it if you joined us. We want to hear your voice and your questions and your thoughts here at the Cloud 2030, um, at the 2030.cloud. Come in, join, be part of the schedule and have your voice in the podcast. Thanks. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.